Well, good morning, everyone. I am uh, so thankful to be here and to uh, be a part of your service here this morning. Thankful for JP asking uh, me to come and share uh, some about what we do with FCA, but also uh, just to divide the word for a few minutes and uh, kind of walk you through what God's been teaching me uh, over the, this past little bit in my life. And I hope that it, you will find it as encouragement. I hope you'll find it as something that uh, you can think about, take home, um, and uh, and study for yourself. Uh, before I start, I want to introduce my family. Um, of course, my name is Sam. Uh, my wife is back there in the back. Her name's Kelsey. She's uh, the true champion of our family. Uh, she uh, is holding my son Cohen. Cohen's almost 11 months old now, uh, and so we are uh, just thankful to be a part of Dawson County, part of uh, of of this place, this this county that we get to serve in. Um, I I came to FCA a few years ago, but I'll tell you that we've only been doing my job full-time since uh, February of this year. Uh, I'm a, the first full-time FCA rep to serve in Dawson County uh, and to build our nonprofit program here. Uh, it's been an incredible journey, and God continues just to use us in uh, some incredible ways. And uh, nothing of, of what I've done, but it's all been about God's leadership in our program uh, and where we're going uh, in the future. And so I want to s- maybe just spend about five minutes sharing a couple of stories and things that we are doing in Dawson County and just raise some awareness of, of the things that God is doing uh, in our school system and our uh, the athletes and our coaches here in uh, Dawson County. FCA was founded um, in 1954, so we've been around for a while only been a part of Dawson County for maybe for less than 10 years now. Um, I can say that uh, we've grown exponentially. We've come from a a more of a volunteer approach to now uh, being a a staple part of our community. And it's just been amazing over the last couple of months to see the growth. Uh, What we specialize in is youth sports. Um, All of you know or have been a part of of sports and it's important for your kids and it's important for uh, their lives. And we know that. And we use the avenue of sports uh, as a platform to build relationships with students and with coaches in order to do two things. Uh, we specialize in character development and spiritual formation. Uh, character development, we, we share character talks and we try to bring out the best in all of our students. And we are uh, actively doing that. We've got 25 character coaches here in Dawson County serving our high school, junior high, and middle school uh, but really, we love character development. We love b- bringing out the best in our kids and our students and, and helping our coaches coach correctly and uh, caring for the, the students' hearts. But it's a foot in the door to share Jesus with them. The goal of FCA is to share Jesus Christ uh, on our school campuses, uh, in our park and rec departments, and uh, with the intention of sharing Jesus Christ and discipling their hearts. That's why we do our ministry. Um, and it's been... Uh, a, a great year, and we are projected to, to be able to minister this year, in 2019-2020 school year, to over 450 athletes here in Dawson County. Uh, and so that's an incredible platform in which we are able to walk onto a school campus and share our faith and disciple students right where they're at. Uh, I served as a student pastor for almost six years at First Baptist Dawsonville, just up the road. I loved our youth group. Uh, I was able to minister to about 45, 50 kids every single Wednesday and Sunday. I loved them, discipling them, 
But I quickly, God just placed a burden on my heart that I can do all I can to create a big program here. But if I'm not going out and reaching kids where they're at, then I'm not doing what I'm called to do. And so God placed the burden on my heart to, to go where our students are. And FCA creates that platform to be on the front lines in one of the most influential moments or, or times in a kid's life. Uh, you probably, if all of you are here that played in sports, you think about coaches that were influential in your life, right? Some are good, probably, and some are bad. Uh, I remember the bad ones probably more than I do the good ones. Uh, but they're influential, and they, they create... Um, an influence in your life that you you have to respect what they have to say because you're playing for them, right? And so we use that, the same philosophy is that we can be a coach and coach Jesus into the heart of our students. And so we are actively just trying to be a voice for Jesus Christ on our school campuses. Uh, and it's a great opportunity, and I'm so thankful. Every day I wake up, I'm humbled to the core that God chose me to lead an organization like FCA in Dawson County. I'm nothing special. Uh, I'm just a, a servant. I'm just uh, somebody that God said, go. And, and uh, he opened up doors, and, and I've just allowed him to lead our organization to where it is today, and I'm thankful for that. And so I'm thankful for you, Coda, uh, as you begin to partner with us. And uh, JP has agreed to be our character coach for our 6th through 8th grade um, football program and uh we went visited practice the other day together i had no idea they had almost 100 kids in that uh and so as as we began to talk jp and i uh, i could not have asked for a better guy to be a character coach for our sixth or eighth grade football teams uh, jp shows up and he he went last wednesday and handed them all freeze pops um they love it uh that's something that they they um are excited about uh and so uh, I was laughing the other night at the football game that uh, those kids were coming up to JP introducing him, uh, themselves to him uh, because they now look at JP as their coach. As, and so you're a celebrity now to those kids. And so I'm thankful for you, JP, and, and your, your heart to serve uh, in FCA and, and to serve the Lord in those, in those places. And you're going to make a huge impact on those kids uh, and, and for years to come. You'll be a big part of their lives. And so that's what we do. We share Jesus through the avenue of sports, and uh, we'll continue to do that here uh, in the coming years in Dawson County. Um, I'm humbled and grateful to, to be here this morning. I really am. Um, I, uh, I respect both of these guys, JP and Luke, have listened to them preach, way better preachers than me, uh, and, and I know that y'all are proud of them for their leadership here at CODA. Uh, they're doing big things in our community, and you should also be proud of that. Um, I uh, look over the crowd and I see a lot of folks that I see every week, um, and I'm, I'm thankful for for that. Some friendships that we've made through Dawson CrossFit. I'm also a coach there, and so I see a lot of our athletes here. And um, y'all look a lot happier this morning than you do after a workout. Uh, so um, you guys are like family to me, Dawson CrossFit. So I'm I'm glad to be able to to worship with you guys here and and just uh, divide the word here for a few moments. I laugh all the time when I talk about. Coda at different places of all the people that I know here. I, I tell people all the time that you guys are the fittest church in Dawson County. So be proud of that. Um, so I want to talk about today. JP said I had 30 minutes, so I'll try to be quick. Um, better get on with it if I want to fit into that time. Um, 
we've, JP and I discussed a little bit about what, you know, maybe God was talking or speaking to our hearts about what, what I may want to share with you this morning. And I know JP had talked last week about Acts, the second chapter, uh, the end of the second chapter, the formation of the early church. And uh, Acts 2 is, is just a really amazing thing that's happening here. Um, as y'all uh, studied last week, I, they, they loved each other. They served together. They did everything in common. Um, that that's Greek word koinonia means that fellowship or things in common. That's what that these folks were doing, the formation of the early church. And it's beautiful. In fact, people were excited about being a part of them. And and I I love that. What, what Wouldn't that be cool if all of us ate together and we we served outside in the community together and we cared about each other. And we were generous toward each other. We loved on each other. That's a good world. That's a good place for a church to be in. And I get excited about reading that. That's one of the most fascinating pieces of scripture that uh, speaks to my heart every single time I read it. Because I think in all of our hearts, we want that. In all of our hearts, we want to be at that point where all of us have all of that in common. And we are pursuing Jesus with all that we've got together. Uh, And so I think that we have to learn from them about how uh, they were. And so I'm just I want to share with that as a backdrop. You know, I, I think about the advancement of the gospel in that time, like, man, God was doing some amazing things. The Holy Spirit was moving in amazing ways. The gospel was being preached and shared with everyone. Uh, that was awesome. And I think about that time, like, well, where are we at today? Like, can we get back to that? Can we get back to loving each other the same way that they did? And I think we can. Uh, and so this is really a, a great FCA message, and I'm, I've never preached on, on Thessalonians before, uh, and so this is new for me, but God just continued to speak some things into my heart that I want to share with you today. Uh, but people came to Jesus because they, they saw the development of the early church, and they saw the character of these people, right? They saw how they acted and, and they, how different that they were compared to Everybody else. And they wanted to be a part of that. In fact, the last verse in Acts 2 says uh, that people joined in with them, that many were added to the church daily. That's great. And we want to get back to that where our churches are growing and, and we're adding to our churches daily. That's amazing, right? And so what we see here is really uh, an advancement of character. Like they're, they're living life differently than other people. And people are attracted to that. And so what, what do we do as FCA? We, we want to be kind of the example in which people begin to be drawn towards. And we begin to be that example of what a, a good character looks like. And if we, if we separate ourselves, we act differently than maybe the students that we get to touch. Maybe the students that we get to minister to will begin to imitate what we do. And so that's, what, that's how we... We advance FCA here in Dawson County. It changed the perspective of their lives. And they became role models. Those, the early church members became role models for other people. And so um, they developed uh, <clears throat> the early church in that way. And so our time today, I'm, I'm intrigued by the early believers in, in uh, Acts 2. I'm intrigued by that. And I want us to share some perspective on that. What was their hearts? Why were they so attractive to be around um what's the character on display the gospel was going out in mighty ways and so we catch up to paul and and silas and and Acts 16 and 
what a cool story. They are locked up in prison and a great earthquake happens and their shackles fall off. They were singing and praising God right in the middle of prison and their shackles fall off. And they don't get up and run out, but they stay there. And, and the jailer, of course, we know they, they lead the jailer to Christ and his family. That's, a, that's an awesome story, Paul and Silas. Uh, and, and so Acts 17, we see Paul start his second missionary journey. And Paul and Silas and Timothy, they visit Thessalonica. Uh, and so for three Sabbaths in a row, uh, we know that they presented the case of Christ in the synagogue, that Jesus was king, that he was was one that's worth following. They presented uh, his his resurrection and, and his salvation and redemption story. And so the gospel was making waves in Thessalonica from just three Sundays of being there, preaching the gospel, people believing, and then it going out from those doors, from that synagogue to the rest of the community. And so as we continue to see in this passage, uh, the there was a because there was so much growth, there was an uproar from Jewish leaders. Uh, this this uh, mob ran them out to Berea. Um, then they got kind of dispersed. Paul went to Athens and on to Corinth. Uh, but he sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to disciple them, to, to share his faith again with them. And just to get a report of where do they stand? We got three Sundays or three Sabbaths that we got to to. Um, to preach and teach those guys, I want to make sure that they're continuing on the right direction. So Timothy goes and he looks at what was happening in the community. He looks at the spreading of the gospel and the love that was happening among them. And he goes and reports back to Paul. And so here we, we find First Thessalonians. It's one of the earlier epistles, uh, Pauline epistles, that Paul wrote to the church. So Thessalonica. And it's different than a lot of the other um, uh Letters that Paul had wrote to all the other churches that he had started. Uh, this was actually a an encouraging letter. It was actually a wow, you guys are, are doing something great. Many of the other ones, you know, the church of Corinth struggled with leadership and morality. Um, they struggled with uh, some things like false teaching. Galatians, they had uh, this this false belief that uh, it takes work to for for you to have faith in Jesus. You also have to have Work. That's the only way to get to heaven. They, they struggled with that. Um, Colossians, they suffered from Gnosticism. But when we get to Thessalonica, when we get to the church of Thessalonians, Paul looks at them. He gets the report from Timothy and said, wow, you guys are doing it. You guys are doing great. Let me encourage you with with a few thoughts. Uh, let me help propel you forward because you're doing what we asked that you to do. Uh, so that's where we get so I'm intrigued at the character of the early believers. Like, uh, I'm, and I'm also challenged by it. And we're going to look at why I'm challenged. And, and I hope it challenges you this morning. Like the character of the early believers from the early church. Fast forward to Paul, Silas, Timothy in Thessalonica doing what they're doing. The Thessalonians being uh, imitators, being a godly example to their community and the gospel spreading from there. So that's where we are. Okay, that's context of where we are. Um, what made them unique? Uh, many many uh, sermons you could find about this this passage of scripture. You will find headings of the model church or the way it's supposed to be or your people doing the right things. You'll, you'll find all of those headings there because they were they were doing things right from the beginning. And so we learn here from them. So uh, thank you, JP, for reading this this passage for us this morning. 
verse 3 will start. We'll start here. What's the model church look like? There, there is no model church these days. We're full of, uh, of people that are sinners saved by grace and we're actively pursuing Jesus Christ. That's, that's what we are. And so this is just an encouragement for you guys in your faith and your walk with Jesus Christ this morning. So, so looking at the character of these people, Timothy reports back and, and Paul writes this letter to them thanking the Thessalonians about their faith. Verse 3, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that was the very first thing that he recognized uh, from there. And so if, I, if you were taking notes this morning, um, there's a couple of things I want to share with you. Number one, that the people here in Thessalonica were motivated by the gospel. Okay, they were motivated by the gospel. Paul had preached Jesus to these people. Uh, he had, had shared uh, what the Holy Spirit could do in their lives. And, and they had received it and they had grasped hold of it. It became rooted in their hearts and they began to live life uh, in the light of the gospel. And so it motivated them. The Holy Spirit had changed their lives drastically. Changed their perception, changed where where they were headed. It was all now instead of about what was going on in the busy seaport of Thessalonica. It was not about that. It was about what Jesus got for me in my life because I want to serve him. I want to be about his business. I want to be doing the things he asked me to do. So their perception of life changed and they were motivated to live differently because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay. And so within their hearts, they begin to live that out. And, and you see here what he, what he says first. He says, your work of faith. Now, this is not a, a plug to say that you have to work to get salvation because that is not correct. The Bible says that we are freely given salvation through the grace of Jesus Christ. And as we accept him, we are a part of him. And it doesn't require us to do anything. It was free. It was there. It was given to us in our hearts. But let me encourage you that if, if God changes your heart and he changes your direction, then I should want to, with my heart, with my changed heart, my connected with Jesus Christ, I should want to do things for Jesus Christ. I should. I should be moved daily to work for Jesus Christ in some capacity, whether it be uh, in, in just... Um, you know, share your testimony. Maybe it'd be just being an example. Maybe it'd be just serving the person to your left or right. But I should be motivated by the changing of my heart to do things for Jesus Christ. It's not a work-based salvation, but it is a representation of what Jesus did in my heart. Okay? I don't want to get that confused today. Work, their work of faith. Because they believed Jesus, they believed in the apostles' teaching, and they knew the example of Jesus and how he served the way that he did. They wanted to do things in their community for Jesus Christ. And Paul recognizes that. Thank you for your work of faith. Uh, I read a story one time of, um, of uh, really a... a a guy in a boat, uh, he, his job was to get people across the river. He would ferry them across, um, they would paddle across. And so he was a Christian guy. And, and so uh, someone paid him to, to take them across the river. And he, 
was one of those kind of people like, well, I want to share Jesus wherever I can. Right. And so what he does, what he did was place works on one side and and faith on one or works on one or faith on one or. OK, so as someone gets in the boat, they always would ask about well, what does those mean? Works and faith. And so they begin to cross the the river there and. And someone asked him, well, what does works in faith? The guy had shared his testimony like I'm a believer. And so he said, let me show you this. So he picked up his faith and he began to fake or and he began to, to, to row. And what happens to the boat? Circles around and around and around. It's not going forward. It's not going back. Right. It's just around and around and around. He said, you have to work. And so he picks up the other oar. He puts that in the water. Um, he picks up the fake oar. Puts in the water. And so the fake door is now in the water and he is going the opposite direction. Right. And so he puts both in there and they go back to going forward. And his the purpose of his story was it takes faith and works together to do what we do. It takes faith and works together. We can never get to where we want to go. We can never share or experience the, the fruits of the gospel unless we are actively working to do things in the name of Jesus. And so faith, what we believe in our hearts Put to work, serving in our community, serving in our church, serving our neighbors, friends, loved ones. That's where it comes together. And that's the things that we ought to be about. So Paul recognizes that. That we have to move in faith to do the work of Jesus Christ. Secondly, your labor of love said out of their own hearts, they worked because they loved Jesus so much that they wanted to show the love of Christ to their community. That's amazing, right? They cared about someone to their left and right because they genuinely knew the love of Christ. And so therefore they wanted to share the love of Christ. And so that's that's where it comes back to you and I. Are we sharing the love of Jesus Christ genuinely out of the depths of our heart because the gospel motivates us to do so? So Colossians three even teaches us this, that to put on love which binds all things together in perfect unity. So think about that. The love of Jesus binds everything together. And it's what leads us. It's what motivates us because we love each other. I married my wife because I loved her. Okay. If you cared about your family, you cared about your friends and, and you love them, then you will want to share Jesus with them. Right. You'll want to for them to have the same thing that you have. And so the gospel motivates you to love, to labor in love, to love other people. And third thing, the steadfastness of hope in Jesus is what he says. Nothing can move them. Uh, they remain constant each day. No, no doubt that they struggled some in the beginning. They struggled to to find their identity at first, but it was always founded in Jesus. But they struggle to grow as growth happens. Things uh, begin to be disorganized. And so maybe they they took on some, um, you know, people around the community disowned them at some point. That's OK. Uh, but what happens was they're motivated to keep going because they believed that a life in Jesus Christ is worth living. And they lived it in joy. They were happy no matter what happened, no matter how much uh People laughed at them or scorned them or disowned them. They still lived in joy. They still lived in steadfastness that no matter what, I have got Jesus. That's that's important. 
uh, and we'll continue, we'll, we'll talk about that later as, uh, it, towards the end of our, our time today, but, but be steadfast in Jesus. The gospel motivates us to be steadfast because we know Jesus. We know who he did, what he did. We know he died on the cross for us. We know he died uh, to pay for our sins and to reconcile us back to him. And so be steadfast no matter what. Don't let doubts take you away from that. So my question to you in this first part is what motivates you? Out of your heart is what often motivates us, right? The things that we have in our heart, the things we believe in, the things that we love to do, that's what we hold close to our hearts. And so that's what motivates us to do things. I hold my family close in my heart, and so it motivates me every single morning to get up, to provide for them, to love them. And so what motivates your heart? Is it the gospel? Is, is, it, is it Jesus? Every day that you wake up, are, are you motivated at the fact that you get uh, this time, this moment here on earth, that you can do something great in the name of Jesus Christ for the sake of the gospel? It should motivate us. And so that's what the Thessalonica church here, the church at Thessalonians, that's what they're doing here. They're motivated to be about the Father's business, to, to love and to be steadfast in their journey to knowing who Jesus was and to sharing that with their community. And so that's what Paul recognizes here. So what motivates you? Secondly, I, we turn to verse 4 through 8. If we know brothers loved by God, that he's chosen you. God chose you guys to do amazing things in Dawson County. He put, he put Coda right here for a reason. Know that. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, full of conviction. The gospel moved in their hearts, full of conviction and power. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. Listen to this. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth. What's that word? Everywhere. It's gone forth everywhere so that. We need not say anything. Paul's amazed at this. He said, we, we lived a life in front of you, Paul and Silas and Timothy, as they planted this church, they began to grow. We lived a life in front of you guys, and you guys began to imitate us. You studied the word. You figured out how it was to be a Jesus follower. You caught on to everything that we wanted you to know. That you found the power of the Holy Spirit and you began to, to share that with others and it transformed your community. Paul and Silas had set the example for all of them to see. Okay? And so much so that it began to go out everywhere. Not just in their own town, not just on their own city, but all the surrounding places. The gospel began to be pushed out because of the example that they were living. So Paul says, here, thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for becoming imitators of Jesus Christ, number one. Imitators of us. You believed in what we preached and taught you guys. And then you took it out in the community and people looked at you. You said, those people are imitators of Jesus. That is what will change the world. It will. If you believe that in your heart. 
That is what will change the world. If you began, if we all began to imitate Jesus Christ in our lives, that the gospel would go out to the whole world that way. Think about this. All of us are influencers in our life, right? We all have a different circle of friends and family that we run with. What if all of us studied hard and we grew in our relationship with Jesus and became passionate about knowing Jesus Christ and it became so much that we imitated Jesus Christ every single day at every single moment? How much change would that make in your circle of influence that those people began to believe the same way that you did? They begin to, to understand Jesus better because of you. That, that they begin to grow closer in their relationship because you're growing closer in your relationship. And so then that sphere of influence gets bigger. And those people begin to be imitators of Jesus Christ as well. Look, it's a multiplication process. It's not just addition, but it's, it's getting the word, getting the gospel out to all the ends of the earth. And that's what they're beginning to do here. You're doing great things. It changed their heart continuously. And so what happens here is Paul recognizes that you guys are putting us out of a job. So you're doing so well that you don't even need us. You don't even need us to, to continue to do so. He said you're sharing the gospel so well. And he is thanking them for being that example. Being the imitators that Jesus calls all of us to be. Folks, we can't just hold on to Jesus and keep it all for ourselves. It's not, that's not who we are. It's not what Jesus called us to be. We've got to be able to turn around and, and share Jesus with somebody else. And so I challenge you today, just as the church here in Thessalonia, are you being an imitator of Jesus Christ? That's, that's a hard question. We wake up in the in the day and we start our day and no matter where we go, whether it's to our jobs or our, our schools or when we're around family and friends, am, am I imitating Jesus? Am, am I speaking truth into people's lives? Am I using the, the breath and the words that God gives me to to help people understand who Jesus is? What what a challenge for all of us to think about. Today, am I, am I imitating Jesus to, to the best that I can every single day with the ability that he's given me to do? Think about imitations, and uh, I laugh all the time about my son, Cohen, who imitates everything that Kelsey and I do. Uh, one of the very first words he, he knew and understood was no. He got that from his mother, of course. And, and uh, Kelsey would always say, no, Cohen, no. And so whenever... You you could probably get him to do it today, but but you can go up to him and say no no no, and he will shake his head back and forth. He imitate he imitated what we taught him. That's how it works, right? You ever heard this saying? You are who you hang out with. You understand that you begin to sometimes imitate people's vocabulary. You imitate their mannerisms, the things that they do. Unconsciously, you do that. And so think about how important it is for us as God's people, for us as, as church members here at CODA, as a community that you are growing here, wouldn't it be great if we started imitating Christ together and how our words and our actions would begin to flow with each of us 
and that we grow together in Jesus Christ, then we, we begin to have a good solid foundation that whenever we walk out the, the church doors on Sunday mornings or every time that you meet, that you are strengthened, that you are encouraged by Jesus Christ. And so you begin to imitate Jesus in Dawson County and, or wherever that you go. Learn about Jesus. Study about Jesus. Learn who He is. Imitate Christ. Grow together. Be a church that fosters a place that you can grow and imitate each other in Jesus Christ. That's amazing, right? We want to be a community of believers. In fact, Jesus calls us to be lights of the world. As Jesus preached on the Mount of Beatitudes in and, 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 um, Matthew 5, I visited there not too long ago, a couple of years ago. And at the very spot that they say that Jesus had preached to, all of that multitude. And up on that mountain, there's a great valley below. Jesus is speaking out over that. And in the background, there's a city. And if we read this, of course, Jesus was always great about relaying the message and, and making it relatable to people. And so he calls us to be, he calls those people to be lights of the world. If you believe in Jesus, then we ought to be a light to the world, a beacon of hope for other people, right? And he says, you're the light of the world. But then he turns around and he says, um, a city on a hill cannot be hid, right? If you think about it, if all of us shine the light of Christ that's in us, we are beacons of hope. Think about how much better we would be together, how much brighter we would be in our communities if we all came together and were a beacon of light to our communities. And so think about that today. I want to encourage you to be imitators of Jesus and share the light of Jesus Christ with other people. Finishing up here today. This is the challenge for all of us. I understand some of you um, may be here today saying, well, that was, those are all good things you're talking about. They are. And they're, it's a challenge for every single one of us in our faith is are we serving Jesus the way we're supposed to be? Are we we're doing the things that he asks us to do? Are we being imitators of Jesus Christ so much so that, you know, our actions are even speaking louder than our words? People know us differently because we follow Jesus Christ. That's all challenging. It's hard. And what we see here at the end of uh, this little passage in verse 9 and 10 it says that they waited on Jesus says that they waited in the hope of Jesus Christ. I, I just want to just think about that for a moment, that they waited in hope. Listen, I don't know about you, but I struggle some days. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we, we all struggle. I think we do. And there's times that I'll lay my head down at night and say, man, I, was, I didn't do what I should have done. Um, I beat myself up a lot about things that I should have said or I should have represented Jesus better or I should have done something different in that situation. I think all of us go through that sometimes where we beat ourselves up because we feel like we've disappointed Jesus in our lives. Let me, let me just pause there for a moment. I don't know your heart. I don't, I don't know where you stand with Jesus Christ. But I want you to just think about waiting in hope of Jesus. Just think about that for a moment. I want you to, to leave here and, and think, well, I can't do all of this. I can't, 
can't be as good of an example as I should be because of my past, because of things that I've done in my life, because of some things that, that I'm not proud of, that I'm still holding on to. Let me just tell you with all overwhelming confidence today that Jesus has already taken care of that. That he's already made mention of your name. That he already knows you. That he already sits at the hand of uh, at the right hand of the Father and He prays for you. He makes intercession for you daily. He, he thinks about you and He knows you. And so don't beat yourself up. Don't be disappointed because there is new grace every single day for you. And so no matter what kind of disappointment that you may have, no matter the times that you're discouraged or the, the hardships that you face in life or the times that you, you feel like you just, you just messed up, let me encourage you that, that Paul explained that, that he had to die daily, right? That he had to decrease so that, that Jesus Christ may increase in his life. It, it's a daily thing that we must walk through. And so take it step by step and know that the blood of Jesus Christ, that the, the work that was done on the cross, that paid for all of our sins, that paid for our mess ups, that paid for all of our foolishness and our, our disappointments, that work is done. And the resurrection power of our Lord Jesus Christ, that when He raised on the third day, He conquered all. He did. And so I can live in hope of Jesus Christ because of what He did on the cross and because of what He conquered for me. And so whatever you're going through in life, don't, don't let it hold you back from being the person God called you to be. For doing the things that Jesus wants you to do in your life. For representing Him in your life. I can wait patiently in life. Knowing and, and, and being joyous about that. Knowing that I'll one day see Jesus face to face. That, that my faith will end in sight. The moment that I set eyes on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful that I get to do that in my life. Because I gave my life to Him. There's no unsatisfaction in my life. There, there's, there's no fear in death because one day I will see Jesus face to face. And so those of you that have given your life to Jesus Christ, there is hope every moment of every day in our lives because of Jesus. So hold on to that. Find joy. Find satisfaction. Find happiness in knowing Jesus Christ. That's what they're doing here. So no matter what came their way, no matter what hardship that, that the church here had, had experienced, in their, they were joyous about it. They'd given their lives to Christ. And so let come what may, because I've already won. That's what they said. I've, I've, already, I've already won in Jesus Christ. So understand today, let me encourage you that in your waiting, in your waiting on Jesus, in, in your waiting on on serving Him every single day. There's a process called sanctification that happens in our lives. The moment you, you give your life to Jesus, is a journey that you actually start knowing who Jesus is, right? It's every day. Sanctification being set apart, growing in our knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is. And so the moment you accepted Christ, the moment in your heart was changed and it shifted towards a hope in Jesus. Think about that. Where were you before Jesus and where are you now? 
There was no hope full of hope. Okay, so rest in that. Be mindful of that. Hang out in that, knowing that Jesus has won the battle and so have you. So let come what may, we've already won the battle. Jesus conquered it all in all things. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So we win. At the end of the day, we win, right? So wait and pray and love and grow in the hope of Jesus Christ. So I close today and you guys can come on and and come on and get a a song. Uh, Be motivated with the gospel, folks. Uh, Be imitators of Jesus Christ. And wait in the hope of seeing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we're thankful today for your words of challenge here today. And how we've learned from this, the early church here in Thessalonica. And uh, God, I'm challenged today to live a life that's pleasing to you. But to strive to be better every single day. To wake up every new day with new grace. Because you loved us. Um, Father, I pray today as we come and we worship and we take this time to reflect on what we've learned. I pray that you open our hearts, that you open our ears to the voice of your spirit. And that you begin to teach us things in this moment. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.